Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Chats with Frank Martineau. Hold on, I'm finishing lunch. I'm actually not finishing. I'm like in the middle of it. Lunch is well underway. <laughs> That's <laughs> happening over there. We'll be chomping on chips and buffalo chicken dip for the remainder. Hopefully not stuff. the remainder. Buffalo chicken dip. Underrated food oh, so of good. all time. So good. Listen, we used to have a restaurant in the town center. Uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s restaurant. What was yeah, that called? man. Whiskey River. Whiskey River. Yeah. Wings were good, too. The, but the, the buffalo chicken dip. buff dip. We used to awesome. come to the table in a cast iron skillet. It was all so hot good. and gooey and great. And, man, I, I think I said, I've thing. shared this story before because it was probably like the third time we brought up Whiskey River. Okay. So how much you like it, and I appreciate that. Fair enough. But we used to get, like, on Sunday nights, they sponsored our Action Sports Shacks primetime. Oh, okay. And so we had, like, this trade deal where we could go get, like, I don't know, $100 worth of wings or something or yeah. food. Yeah. And we would have so much food. Go to town. On Sunday when we got back from Jazz game, because it's a really tough day to eat, because you're just on the go the whole yeah, time. Yeah, kind of moving you know, around, yeah. Especially for the guys that are shooting the game. I mean, not we're hard in the, the press, press box. box though. Yeah, we're on the press <laughs> box. Press box is not that hard. Press but I think at that eat. time, I was doing sidelines right on the radio. And so we would come back, and, I mean, we'd just be pigging out, like, <laughs> until midnight. Love me and, some Whiskey River. Oh, yeah, it was good. It's too bad it went away. Rest in peace, Whiskey River. <laughs> That's right. Like, they don't exist anywhere, right? <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. I just know it was short-lived here. Short-lived, and then a fancier restaurant took its place at the town center. One year, my wife bought me for my birthday a Wine of the Month Club membership there. <laughs> but it's You don't very, look like a wine guy. Well, right. Me. It was very much the equivalent of, like, a guy buying his wife a vacuum cleaner for her birthday. <laughs> like, she just wanted the Wine of the Month Club thing for herself, so she bought for me and then made me take her there every month. <laughs> So, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Uh, Brent Martin, Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz here on a Tuesday. Hello. I'm staying in town for today, but then we take off after the show. We're headed to Atlanta. can only hold you for so long, That's Brent. It. If we love you, we got to let hey, you does, go. Does this surprise you guys as much as it surprised me? By the way, i got to give credit to the kid here. He's the one that brought it up. He's like, Dad, you know, like, the Falcons are playing on Monday night? I'm like, no, because I don't really pay attention to the Falcons or the Jets and when they're playing. Fair enough. But... They played last night. Yeah, man. And they were on the road, which means they got back at, like, 3 in the morning. Yeah, pretty late. So they have an off day today of some kind, and they practice against the Jags tomorrow. Yeah. Like, there's no way that practice is going to be ramped up tomorrow against I mean, the Jags. that may have been the agreement beforehand, too. I know, but it's a little odd. Like, think it's just are waste. the Jags going to get as much out of that as we thought they might? You think j- joint practices, especially going into the last preseason game where you're not going to play... Like, the starters aren't going to play. Yeah. And so now you need these, well, not need, but you get these two days of practice against somebody else that could be really good. Yeah. And I just don't feel like the intensity is going to be where we usually think. Either that or they're going to be really crabby and we're going to have fights all over the place tomorrow. Now, Thursday, I could say, all right, they'll ramp it back up for Thursday. And uh, Doug Peterson already told us they're not going to be live, but they still want it to be Solid and, and yeah. still pretty physical. Yeah. Uh, so I just don't, I can't imagine tomorrow will be like this high-intensity practice. I don't know how the... Falcons would do it. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, you kind of risk injuring your players, too. Absolutely. So, I, I don't know. We'll see. I'm, I'm kind of interested to see how this works now because you usually do get two pretty intense practices. You can do a lot of situational stuff, though, tomorrow to get back in the flow. And, and listen, these guys, Arthur Smith and, and, uh, and Doug Peterson, they've been talking about this for weeks and how they're going to execute it. That's the way it goes. But 
Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, the Jags did make some moves today. Oh, man. And for about an hour, they didn't have a kicker. How crazy is that? I mean, I think it was a great, like, barstooly headline. But <laughs> Jags I mean, with no kicker? Yeah. Hey, listen, it might be better off for them if they went into the season without a kicker. But well, we didn't, over the last three years, to think about it, that yeah. could be a possibility. At least we wouldn't have disappointment. <laughs> well, added disappointment. And uh, the Jags bring back Jake Luton. He's a survivor. Yeah, man. If Jake can do it, how come Matthew Wright can't do it? Well, the reason what made Luton, I mean, this it, logically what made Luton a guy that would come back. I assume he'll get cut after this game, but the Jags don't want to play Trevor or C.J. Beathard. Yeah, makes sense. So they need another arm in the game. Yeah. And he knows everything in the system. And so it, it's one last chance, really, for a guy like Luton to put some impressive tape, tape because oh, yeah. he really hasn't looked that good in the game situations. So they bring him back and they wave Santoso. Were you guys at all surprised they waved Santoso? Once Peterson talked about how disappointing the kicking was in the game, you kind of saw the writing on the wall. Yeah. But I'm going to miss Ryan Santoso, man. I, I know. This guy was like a, a big figure, right? Like, we didn't hear too much from him. I told Casey I got some cuts from Ryan Santoso. He goes, Ryan Santoso has done a press conference? <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Santoso is an interesting character. He's a big dude. Giant. Six five, and so you, you know why they fall in love with him. He's going to get more opportunities. He's got a massive leg. His yeah. name is Ryan? What is, is it? not Ryan? I don't know. I've never called him anything other than Santoso. Yes, yeah, it's, yeah, it's Ryan. Ryan Santoso. You maybe doubt my myself. Gosh, I mean, maybe doubt myself. And why am I doubting myself from what Casey. you're saying? Look how toxic you are, Casey. I got you. I'm a sideline <laughs> reporter. I know his name. <laughs> Spent a lot of time Barely not. Barely not. You said, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like, it's like, no wonder why he never turned around on the sideline when I said, what's up, Ryan? Yeah, he's like, hey, hey, Eddie. <laughs> no one's looking at him. Sir. Sir. Did I tell you what I, I still think is fascinating from the first preseason game. I've never seen this. They have like two, you know, the beach chairs? Uh, not really beach chairs. You know, like uh, tailgate chairs. So you'd, like you'd get at like, like Academy chairs. Sports. Yeah, yeah, yeah camping yeah. chairs, something like that. And the kickers, had, they had two of them. One for Fry and one for Santoso. It's like they weren't allowed to take a seat on the bench. Like directors should really. Like, well, how come yeah. I can't sit on the bench? I have not seen that before, Those though. Those chairs are probably more comfortable than that metal bench. Oh, my, I don't know. Those benches have gotten pretty comfortable. But, you know, a lot of people <laughs> a, lot, a lot of people liked Ryan Santoso. Maybe not a lot of people on the coaching staff for the Jags, but an outpouring of support in the aftermath of the cutting of Ryan Santoso. We actually got a tribute that came into the radio station. Casey, you got that? I will it's been a journey. It's really fun to to go from one city to the next and then play a game. Will you remember me? You're just trying to get better every single kick, every single time you go out on the field. Makes sense. blessed with an uh, amazing strong leg for some weird reason, but leg. I'm going to use it and taking it one step at a time, taking it one day at a time. That is what you use your legs for, by the way. Oh, I think we got some game cuts coming. Hold on. Well, he's got to have this, right? they got to have it. Gone, but not.
not soon forgotten, Ryan Santoso. Oh, well done. We uh, hardly knew you. The, do you think uh, the the helmet commercial has been put to bed now? The headmit is a totally outdated commercial now. <laughs> I mean, it feels like it was four years ago. Both, both Fry and Santoso gone. There Fry goes the headmit. It was it was Mevis. It wasn't even Fry. It was <laughs> oh, three, Mevis. It was three, three kickers ago. Three kickers. Gosh, I forgot about them. <laughs> you want to talk about how bad it's been for the Jags at kicker. That was three kickers ago. It was two weeks ago. Here we go again. Oh, man. I mean, we, we we don't talk Trevor as much as we talk kickers oh, around here. Oh, my God, here. yeah. Like, it's amazing. It really is. <laughs> like, if I'm the Jaguars at this point, I'm just hiring someone and rolling with it. Yeah. Well, you, uh, Doug Peterson brought up something that was really interesting. He said they went through a few kickers back in 2017 in camp. You guys catch this? And then he, they settled on Jake Elliott, and they went to the Super Bowl with him. <laughs> So he's obviously trying to pull back some of that karma sure. a little bit and see if, I mean, I don't know if anybody thinks Jack's going to the Super Bowl, wow. but at least success with the late guy you signed yeah. uh, as, as a kicker. And so here we go. Casey, can you please introduce us to the newest Jaguar kicker? <laughs> who They didn't have one for, for an hour. The Matthew right up. I-95 oh, yeah. was a thing. I saw Casey putting some protest signs. Jack Boz to go get <laughs> Matthew Wright. From Orlando, Liam and Neeson I is calling him for up. sure. If they did that, Casey would have been riding shotgun for that ride. I'd have picked him up, <laughs> but that didn't happen. And no. Instead, we got this guy. Who's this guy? Born November 9th, nineteen ninety-seven, in the great country of Ireland. What's his oh, name? Nice. <laughs> I don't know. James <laughs> McCourt. There we go. Oh, James McCourt. Now, granted, it does say he was born in Ireland, but also says hometown Parkland, Florida, so we're going to have to dig into that right. a little bit deeper. Uh, I like Rory McIlroy. <laughs> sure. Kicked at the University of Illinois. Was a uh, Let me make sure I got this right. Rugby? Played Probably. rugby and lacrosse. So football, not his first love, nor second love. But nonetheless, he went to the University of Illinois and was everything but automatic, kicking field goals. 68%. <laughs> 60% Ugh. and then 78%. That's windy up there. For a whopping 71.2% in his career. I would give you NFL stats. He does not have them. It's windy and cold up there. Look, maybe he's good at math. Maybe he's helping guys uh, study for their postgraduate degrees in that locker room or nope. something. Just another smart guy. 6'1", yeah, 215. This is a walking touchback if I've ever seen it. <laughs> he better be able to touch back. <laughs> James McCourt, after being cut from the Chargers, will have an opportunity to kick for the Jags. James McCourt. Now, listen, uh, who's the kicker for the Chargers? Not a clue. Not James McCourt. It's not James McCourt. I'll tell you that one. I, I mean, obviously, they had this in mind. He got waved last night. They were like, hey, you know what? Let's jump on this guy. Instead of bring back Matthew Wright, instead of try Justin Hopkins. somebody else. Who's that? Oh, is it Hopkins? Yeah, I think. That's okay. what the internet says. Uh, so... The they they like this guy much like the offensive lineman we'll get into here in a little bit uh, who the Jags traded for today so we'll see I mean listen the Jags have had actually they've had some success with a guy from the Chargers before <laughs> Josh Lambeau do they actually like McCourt or is uh, or or maybe does one guy like McCourt yeah Jason Myers is another guy that came in and did some good things I mean he drew the ire of the fan base because of the extra points but he actually could kick field goals and had a big leg and that was like a a late signing guy, uh, if I remember correctly. So you can catch a little lightning in the bottle at the, the kicker position. The Jags have obviously had an empty bottle for the last few years when it comes to kickers. It, it's amazing how big this story has come 
around Jacksonville over the last two or two seasons. Now, as we head into a third, that they just can't find one. But maybe this kid can do it. We don't know if he's got a big leg. And oh, oh, oh wait a minute. Does he have a big don't leg? Don't even finish that sentence. 50 attempts at kickoffs in his final year of college. Oh 41 touchbacks. Okay, big enough. Big enough to get the end zone. <laughs> And, hey, at least he, he also kicked one out of bounds. You know, he's not even coming to Jacksonville. Like, he's meeting them in Atlanta. There's a chance this guy plays for the Jags and never actually makes it to Jacksonville. <laughs> yeah, it's actually true. <laughs> like, it's actually true. He well, might go out there I doubt it's true. Like in the game just, and not possible, make it back. Though. It's, it's possible, but, I mean, they got to send him on a different flight after the game on Thursday. How I'm sorry, you, on Saturday. Can you remember? Unless they cut him Friday and bring somebody else in. You're right. There is right. a possibility. Do you remember a team in recent history that had this much issues trying to find a starter? Oh, not I'm even sure. putting one out there and then it not working out and then moving on. But before you even get to the regular season, you're three kickers in? I'm, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Oh, I'm, I mean, Jags 2020 come to mind. But, yeah, I think, I think this happens more than we think where people struggle to find the kicker. Uh, it just hasn't happened much in Jacksonville prior to the last few seasons. That is pretty fascinating, though. So how do you pack if you're this kid? Like, what do you do? You, I don't know where he's coming from, L.A. Yeah, he's going to have someone. He's, he's got to have Atlanta. somebody meet him in Florida with all of his stuff. I was going to say, because you go L.A. to Atlanta. You're not going back to he's L.A. Going to, to go to Jacksonville. He's going to go to Atlanta, not for like a night. He's going to go to Atlanta for like days. four days. Yeah. And then he comes back to Jacksonville late Saturday night. Like, he didn't even know where he's staying. Like, somebody's giving him a hotel key mm-hmm. on Saturday night when he lands. And he's like, yeah, just go this way or we'll drop you off. That is not whatever. a fun move. Hey, go because to cross actually, country they camp. Like nobody's, they're not, they're out of the hotels this morning, so they don't. The whole team does not go back to the hotel in just, Jacksonville. Just the kicker on Saturday. Well, some of the guys will. I mean, they'll have rooms because some of the guys don't. don't have places to go. Right. But isn't that fascinating? Like I want to know. Well, I'll have a chance to ask him maybe. Like I want to know his his packing plans. Yeah. There you go. No, because even if it wasn't L.A. to Atlanta to L.A. to Jacksonville, just L.A. to Jacksonville is a pain in the ass enough move that you need help with it. Like, to do the the back and forth, that's impossible. He's not doing that. And then this day and age, letting a moving company just figure out what to do with your stuff is a dangerous thing all on its own. <laughs> I mean, that, that industry is rife with scams. <laughs> rife with, rife with scams. And he's a perfect target. Oh, yeah. They're going to show up at his house after a... Three-day drive and be like, oh, man, we misjudged. We need another ten grand to give you your stuff back. If not, we're driving it back to L.A. Like, oh, my God. That happens all the time with these people. Casey, uh, where's he originally from? I mean, I don't know. I'm saying you said Parkland? Uh, his, his hometown is listed as Parkland, but he was also born in Ireland. Yeah, so, I mean, but obviously he's moved over. So, this actually could be pretty good for him. He just maybe hopefully has some family that drives the stuff up, makes a four- or five-hour drive. From Atlanta? No, oh, no from, from Parkland. Parkland. Yeah, yeah. So yeah he probably didn't take his stuff to the Chargers when you, you know, if Hopkins is your kicker, like, you're not making it. Yeah. So, uh, he could get more help. I mean, thankfully, he's not like a West Coast kid or something. Yeah, also, he's not 40 with two kids, a wife, and like a house. <laughs> you know, he's probably living in an apartment, real minimalistic. Yeah, probably. Uh, man, fascinating. Man, what a, I like that stuff. Yeah. I like that. Except like, for when you have to do the moving. Well, yeah, but I mean, hey, you live life to tell stories, man. This kid's got a story now to tell. I mean, if he doesn't even make it, this kid gets to tell a story like he went from the Chargers to Atlanta, didn't even, hadn't even met the team, or met him at the airport like he was the bellman, <laughs> and, and then kicks. And by the way, 
good situation. He gets to kick indoors. His that first impression yeah. with the Jags is a kick indoors moment. On a relatively new field, yeah. So that's Great. a good spot. Mm-hmm. At least he's not kicking at Illinois. <laughs> and Soldier Field. Yeah, to the with wind. With that crappy field. 30-mile-an-hour wind going both ways. So that's uh, that's one of the stories of Great. today. The Jags trade for an offensive lineman today. More exciting. <laughs> Which is a rare no, thing to say. No, it's not. Really, yeah, it no. is. It's not. We all know James McCourt is not the kicker on September No, 11th. we don't. We yes, hope he we is. Do. Who the hell is Cole Van Lanning? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Isn't it's funny how little you know, like, offensive linemen, seriously? He's well, from Wisconsin. He played at Wisconsin, right? Now that's what I'm talking about. And he's from Green Bay. Yes. This got to be like, damn, man. I'm in my hometown. I got cut. Yeah. And he actually played pretty well in Green Bay, but they just don't have room for him. It's got to be heartbreaking for him. He's probably got a bunch of friends and family who are all excited for him, yeah. And he has to play for the Jags. I'm wow. actually watching a little bit of that with Hard Knocks right now. I've, uh, I'm all caught up on Hard Knocks, but... Gosh, I haven't watched a minute of it. It's it's not bad. It's, it's you know, look, Dan Campbell, all those guys are really compelling characters, but uh, Aiden Hutchinson, watching him and his family who live right in there. Michigan. Yeah. And then, you know, he dreamed the whole time to be a Detroit Lion, end up making the team... Uh, it's fascinating to see, like, how that works out for guys who never really end up leaving those, like, their hometown. Yeah. Uh, and, and so I got to imagine it's got to be hard. And by the way, I think that's out. hard. I think it's hard to play in your hometown. You think so? Yeah, I do. Oh, yeah. I don't think I don't that's think easy it's easier when you're young and then you're just, like, kind of over it. Yeah, you might. might be over it. But sometimes you need to get away to grow and all yeah, those I things. That. And you got a lot of people. Yeah, again, like, I don't even want to do this job in my hometown. <laughs> Never mind, like, play a professional sport in my hometown. I'll tell you what would annoy me. Like, my third cousin. Nobody back home was listening to that. <laughs> they're going to be like, we don't watch you, Brad. <laughs> what would annoy me is, like. I've been gone for, like, 20 years. I don't think. They know they're not getting me back. But, like, every home game, you're, like, third cousin's best friend asking for 15 tickets. That's on, what I mean. Like, front row. Like, it's enough. It's not fun. Come on. So, Coleman Lennon, what does this mean for Ben Barch? Yeah, this was interesting. Because it sounds like he's going to be left guard material. Is Ben Barch in trouble or is this an insurance policy? I mean, I would think it's an insurance policy being as how uh, the guy hasn't had like a second and a half to look at a playbook yet. Yeah, well, that's fair. Uh, And by the way, I think this is an embarrassment of riches to a degree for Green Bay. Is that the way you saw it too, Casey? Like Green Bay's line is pretty good. They have a lot of depth and... This was like a chance for them to take a sixth-round pick, get a draft pick back, which is like a provisional seventh or something like that. And and now this guy gets an opportunity maybe to go compete here in Jacksonville or, or play rather than be on a practice squad or something like that. That's kind of the way I look at, at this situation. Again, I do not fancy myself as an expert for Cole Van Lannan. Yeah, uh, I'll be completely <laughs> honest with you. I have no idea who plays guard for the Packers. Well, you got John Runyon at left guard. He's oh, great. really good. But so. their, whole line, their line is good. Yeah. Like, right. really good. So they have the ability to to kind of set some guys free. I don't know what their depth looks like, but I think from what I was reading in short time up in Green Bay, like, I think they like their depth. And so it's just a numbers game problem. And so I said, hey, let's turn this into a pick at the very least. All right. Sounds like you answered your own question. Yeah. I was going to say it's because the Jags need a guard. Well, that's what I'm asking, though. I mean, is this an indictment on Ben Barch? Because right now, Ben Barch, to me, is the starting left guard. I know they haven't declared that. But uh, unless Peterson did say that today, but I don't think he did. And then, um, you know, he's going to win that job for now. But did he make them nervous the other night? Or is he making them nervous in practice? 
or are they about to cut Will Richardson, which I think is certainly possible, and then you don't have backups other than Tyler Shatley. Because this dude plays tackle, too. Well, yeah, he can move around. So I think this is, hey, that other team up there, they're going to let go of a pretty good player, and he makes us better from at least a depth standpoint, and he might even challenge from a, a starting standpoint, but it's going to push Ben Barch a little bit. So we'll keep an eye on the Jaguars' offensive line. More on Cole Van Lennon coming up a little bit later on. And we'll show you why he might be a bit sought after by the Jacksonville Jaguars based on a numbers game as well, uh, if you like the pro football focus numbers. Hey, when we come back, Nick Saban is rich again. And Nick Saban signs an eight-year deal. How old is Nick Saban and how long is he going to coach? Well, he's 150. Why? Because he can make 10 why? million bucks a year or whatever the money is when he's so dumb. Nick Saban is a part of the problem as the way coaches see it. They blame others, but it's their fault. We'll be back on ESPN 690. Yeah, you know, I, I think we've got a pretty good idea right now, but I told the team this morning this is going to be a big week for, for a lot of guys, you know, and, and they also, too, they got to understand not just our team, but 31 other teams are, are, are watching, you know, our roster as well and and seeing who, who's going to make the 53, who's not, because there's going to be a lot of a lot of our players, I think, get picked up if, if they're not here, you know, but... You know, it's it's a great opportunity for for many players, you know, especially the young guys, to practice well and, and obviously play well in this football game, you know, um, because they could end up end up on a roster. It may not be here, but it could be somewhere. That is Doug Peterson, and no doubt, I, I believe that. I think that's a real deal thing. I mean, listen, fans care about the top forty guys on the team, top thirty five guys on the team, and and rightfully so. But I also don't like to dismiss. I know we have a little fun sometimes. This kicker situation been such a mess. But this is their livelihood. These are great opportunities. I mean, we love the stories when they work out. And so I think uh, I feel for that part of it. I, I think that's an this is what an opportunity uh, with a, the extra preseason game, by the way, in Canton, Ohio for the Jags guys. And then this one against Atlanta coming up on Saturday where, you know, like the back 50 guys are going to play uh, rather than the top 40 guys. And, and well, actually, we're down to like 80, so it's really 40 and 40, I, I guess you could say. So it's a big moment, big opportunity. Somebody, you know, have a great – it might not make the team for Jacksonville. Yeah. But it might make the team somewhere else or get on someone's practice squad. Or once you're on a practice squad, it might get you picked up. I mean, there's a lot of different ways it can go. And I, I like that. I think that's cool. I think there is – I don't think the game's the most entertaining game to watch, being honest, because it's not the front-line superstar guys. But I think there's a lot of intrigue from – well, like the profession I'm in from a storyline standpoint, sure. I mean, this is actually a, a fun game to follow, especially the guys that do well. I mean, you feel bad for the ones that don't do well, and that happens too. Uh, but it, it's, a, it's a big game in that respect. Big news today, which we kind of saw this coming, but it's official. Chase Young is going to miss that Washington game. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, against the Jags. So it's the Jags-Washington game. He plays for the Commanders. That's a big deal. Oh, yeah. I mean, it might be their best player. Uh, certainly of Terry best, guy on the, best guy on the defense. Definitely outside of Terry McLaurin. Good good catch. But, yeah, tore that MCL, tore that ACL back in November. So uh, they moved him to the pup list. He's going to be out those first four games. Are we a little too optimistic about that opener for the Jazz? I mean, Washington isn't great. No Carson Wentz. Nobody's signing up for the Pro Bowl. I mean, they may be in the running for one of the worst teams in the NFC. I think Seattle might own a lock on that right now. Bears certainly there with them. But, like, after that, 
Like, who are the commanders beating? Down with you, they're trash. Yeah, I mean they're not they're not very good. I I like Rivera. I think he gets a lot out of his teams, and I think he's a good coach. and And it's interesting. I think you have two teams that are pretty questionable in terms of how good they're going to be, how many games yeah. they're going to win. But I think you have two pretty good coaches in that game. You know, I think Doug Peterson's proven it, and I think Ron Rivera's proven to be a pretty good coach. Both have gone to Super Bowls. One has won. Uh, Peterson has the, the victory, of course. So. I think there's a lot, but I mean, it just does feel like so out of sync in Washington. Such a mess over the years. And for a while, off the yeah. field, internally, all this other stuff. And then they do have a couple of good players, but Chase Young is like their star, one of their two, three stars on their roster. So it's got to be impactful. Like we saw this coming, but I think now it's official. I think that's a big deal, especially because the Jags offensive line right now, we don't know. I, I don't know. If, I don't hate the offensive line, but I think this is still an unknown product you don't even know if Jawan taylor is going to be the guy now we don't know about the left guard spot for sure uh how they feel about all that you got a center that's a, a rookie and they really haven't got a lot of push in the running game so uh this makes trevor's job a little bit easier maybe makes game planning a little bit easier i think it's a pretty monumental deal that the jags catch a break they don't have to face one of the best young defenders in the game especially at a time where the line isn't settled like you were saying so you know obviously it's it's better news for them than for the commanders but to your point like i, I don't think anyone thinks the jaguars are running away well maybe there are some people who think it but i don't think anyone in this room thinks the jaguars are running away with a blowout win that day but it is nice to have a team that you you feel like you're in the game with even before the game starts that's yeah, not I, something we frequently feel here in and oddly enough like it it this almost guy. feels like it would be disappointing, right? If they lost. If they lost. I would I would think that's disappointing, yeah. Which is oh, like, yeah. I, I know that's, that's of course, there's disappointment in every loss, but no, no, no. can if, we pencil the Jags in to win anything? Like, is that talking, even fair to do? If you're talking like six to eight wins, you've got to win this game. Yeah, I believe that. That's a is good that, point. Is that real? Jags plus four? I'm seeing that in the YouTube. Jags are plus four in that game? If the Jags are really plus four, I'm going to look right now, and I'm going to put my whole day salary on it. So not yeah. a lot, well, but... It would be okay. I mean, I, I don't know if I'd do that. Houston <laughs> last year. I remember Houston last year. Well, while you're looking I mean, up the I lost line. a house on Houston last year, I think. <laughs> I mean, you, never, you never went through the table. You never gave up any houses. So, at least I'm going to put some real money on the line. You, so you still owe there me five bucks from the uh, the ETN Trevor Lawrence thing. So there it is. Just go ahead and hit my Venmo with that. We've got to start calling Casey Amex because he's just as bad as that credit card bill you're fighting off right now. Tell you what. Would it be more disappointing if the Jaguars lost... To Washington, or that the Jags lost last year to Houston in the season opener. I, jeez, oh, Houston is 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 a rival. It's AFC South. Also, it's it's tough not to be mad anytime you lose to really any AFC t- South team. Jags are plus three and a half. Where I'm where I'm looking at it. But was there that an expectation last year that the Jags were coming into the season and, and beating anybody at that point? Oh, but Houston was so bad. Like I as much it. as you could have the negative energy sure. about the Jags. See, the Jags didn't have negative energy going into last year and Urban and Trevor and all this. There was hope. But Houston, man, there was, was no like, fact. I, I think people now forget how much of a mess Houston was for like a six month span, and they might still be, but they don't get talked about because Deshaun Watson took all the headlines with them yeah. to Cleveland. Yeah. But I mean, they were an absolute mess. Yeah. An absolute mess, and they whooped the Jags in the opener. Like, it wasn't even close. The game was over with five minutes to go in the first half. Welcome to the NFL, Urban Meyer. And the Jags, the first play of the game, couldn't get a snap off. Like, yeah. 
Sometimes you just got to chalk it up. Like, I don't, like, they got beat by Houston. Don't get me wrong. But, like, you know, chalk it up. Patrick says, as a Jags fan, I really don't get disappointed because I expect these things to happen. <laughs> yeah, that's not that's true. I no, see you real. on Twitter, Patrick. You follow along with us enough. If you were, you get disappointed, I know. Don't make no reverse psychology here. Listen, take it from a Jets fan. You, you come to live with these feelings of hurt and pain and disappointment to the point where you get disappointed, but it's no longer a surprise. Yeah. Jets so plus disappointment seven, feels a little bit different. Jets plus seven in the opener. <laughs> Jets didn't look good on. last night. Uh, uh, hey, uh, let's get to Steven on the line. Steven, uh, I think, has to... Is a Green Bay fan or a fan of this lineman that the Jags just got? Uh, what's up, Stephen? Hey, not too much, guys. How are you doing today? We're good. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to bring my thoughts along. I think I, I might agree with you, but I think he might be the new swing guard unless he pushes Ben Barch. I mean, Will Richardson's hurt. Tyler Shatley went back to being backup center, and they let go of Wes Martin who was an offensive guard, so they had to replace him. But, I mean, I could see him maybe pushing because uh, I believe you're going to do it later on with the PFS score. He actually was pretty good and solid in the 71 snaps he started. Yeah, he's been so, pretty good. I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of excited for that. And uh, throwing out a note there with the whole kicker situation, Jets did just release Eddie Pinheiro where he was in a battle with Greg Zerline. So that's always something to look at as well. Yeah, and he's got some experience. Thanks, Stephen. Appreciate the call, man. Have a good day. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Again, it'll be interesting to watch. I think this is now Ben Barsh. Look at what the Jags have done, right? Cam Robinson, Walker Little, I, I, I say this, he's been like the, the motivator of motivators, right? I mean, you couldn't, couldn't bring in John Gordon to do a better job of motivating than Walker Little. And, and uh, Walker Little has pushed Cam Robinson into a new contract last year. And, and believe me, they see it as this in the building. They're like, listen, Cam played better because... We drafted a guy that might have taken his job. And I mean, then they did the same thing. They moved him to the right side. And believe me, I think this was Walker Little's job to lose at the outset. And now Jawan Taylor looks like he's got a leg up to win the job and be the guy, right? So, I mean, Walker Little has helped that out. And they might be trying to create the same thing here. They might be like, listen, Tyler Shatley didn't play that well. We need him as a backup center anyway. Uh, ben Barch. That wasn't the best performance the other night. We need him to get going. Let's light a fire. We're not just handing this guy the job. Yep. So let's bring somebody else in to compete with him. And at the very worst, it gives us a backup spot. So, hey, competition is a good thing. You know, let me go through the whole, like, cliche. Iron sharpens I mean, iron. It is a cliche, no. but it is true, right? I mean, it, it, even from the highest first time I've ever said it, actually. The first, well, should be the last. you got to be an Iron Chef fan. <laughs> to really use it all the time. That's hey. a that's a good iron sharpens iron is a is a good one in the locker room. That you get that a lot. Yeah, the locker. Room. We should do like a power ranking of top football cliches. Absolutely, we've gone in a couple of times on this before. Hey, I just cooked up an absolutely disgusting parlay for week one. I know we're still a little bit away, but I was there. <laughs> a little Let's bit see. away. What check, do you got? Case? Like, what is the degenerative degenerates doesn't already look at the week one parlay? <laughs> okay, I like this. Okay, Jags. Jags plus three and a half. Okay. Raiders plus four. Against, I forget who they're playing. Chargers. Oh, uh, come on. Plus four, though, against plus the Chargers? Four, plus, right? Is that in L.A.? Yes. Got to be, right? I'll yeah. tell you some other interesting things I don't have in the parlay in a second. And then Niners money line against the Bears. <laughs> On the road, though. The Even Niners so. are a money line play? Even so. Yeah. No, they're they're the favorite. Yeah. 
Oh, oh, you're taking the I'm money. I'm taking my, them. My, my bad. Yes. I thought, man, and uh, then Eagles. Like a play. Eagles money line against uh, the Lions. Those are good. That's a good parlay. Yeah, except for disgusting. the maybe that, that Raiders Chargers game is a little bit scary. Didn't the Lions surprise somebody early last year? No. You sure? Early? Yeah, I thought like right off the rip. No. They were bad. They didn't start winning until the end. They really? beat Arizona at the end. Yeah. I thought they. I thought it, was, it caught somebody's attention early no, on. No, because they were, weren't they winless, and Dan Dan Campbell was crying. You remember that? Yeah, <laughs> maybe that was. Yeah, but I th- but I thought they lost like in the harshest of fashions. Maybe that well, was it. Did. Like they, they played did, somebody yes. like really Tuck, close. No, Tucker hit the sixty-something yarder. Okay, I don't know if that was the first game of the year. It was like third. Um. Anyway, so get this: uh, Browns Panthers, Panthers minus one and a half. Wow, the Panthers are favored. Yeah. And then another one. You know what's crazy about that? Because that's a good Cleveland bet, you know. I would take that bet. Because the Browns the Browns have yeah, a way bad. better roster. Way man. better. Way better. And better. Jacoby Brissett, like, he's not awful. Like, he can get the job done. He's not even bad. He's a, he's a good game manager. He's, yeah. He can throw the ball. Dolphins, minus three against New England. New England's getting points. Such a weird thing. Yeah, I would, take, I would take the Dolphins. I would take Dolphins New England. Dolphins are better, man. I knew it. Dolphins are way better. <laughs> Don't you think, Casey? Uh, yeah, but, I mean, it's just surprising when New England's getting any points. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. But, I mean, Dolphins on paper are like, they're not even, it's not even close. Yeah, I give you that. Let's not give too much credit to the Dolphins uh, now just because they picked up. Their tra- Dolphins roster man, is so much better Ugh. than the Patriots roster. Bill Belichick against Mike McDaniel is pretty interesting. How about if Mike McDaniel's first win is against Belichick? That's not happening. I'm telling you, cool. this team is going to be ugly. By the way, and this way I don't get it all, Cowboys-Bucks is a pick on. Cowboys-Bucks. Why Bucks. don't you get that? Is it in Dallas? It is in Dallas. What yeah. do you mean, why don't I get that? The Bucks well, are better. Well, they get three points just for home field advantage. Yeah, but so what? I mean, the Cowboys have the ability to beat that, them. I mean, I don't. I'm not. I feel like you that. give a little too much credit to the Cowboys yeah. this year. There you go. <laughs> no, I like the Cowboys. You really do. Who did the Cowboys? Did the Cowboys lose to somebody like in a great game? It was Tampa Week One. Oh, that was the thing last year. It was the op- it was the Thursday night opener, yeah. and they really should have won the Cowboys, right? They well, I mean, they didn't score that game. That was like, how the heck did Tampa win this game? No, oh, Tom Brady. He went back and took him down the field to win. Shocking. I don't mind. Though. I don't mind Dallas in that game at all. I like this parlay I just cooked up. I'm scared to place it. Oh, by the way, what did you just cook up? That was like 12 teams. Are you doing like a 12-team parlay? No, bro, like a three I or four told team parlay. you. Eagles, Niners, Raiders plus four, Jags plus three and a half. Oh, okay. My Comes out plus 63. Well, then you rattled off like 14 other games. So I, I didn't know we were making picks today for week one. interesting things. Can I just say one more thing on the Reds, on the Commanders? Nice catch. Before we move on. Red Sox, who is we, playing? We were talking about how bad this franchise has been as of at least recent memory. Dan Snyder bought the team in 99. Since then, they've had four, four winning seasons. And one of them was because of a tie. Eight, seven, and one. It's amazing. Is it bad? Dan Snyder. I'd be, when did he buy it again? 99. Wow. I'd be more confident if Heineke was playing over once. Yeah. No, know. in turn, I'd be more confident in the commanders. No, I know what you're saying. Okay. Uh, speaking of money and, and when buy, did you see that thing like recently where the Cowboys, like Trump almost bought, bought the Cowboys for 50 million? And they're now worth eight billion dollars, <laughs> and he's like, whoever buys the whoever buys the Cowboys, it's just like it's a no-win situation. Yeah, it's like, whoa, it's a pretty big win. Eight billion dollars. Yeah, I didn't realize he. Uh, maybe I just forgot that he had flirted. He bought the USFL. Well, he was USFL guy, the Generals yeah. instead. Yeah, uh, fifty million. Mm-hmm. 
35 years ago, you could have bought oh, the Cowboys for they're worth $8 billion. USFL wasn't no $50 million, I'll tell you that That's much. Crazy. You got a deal there. All right, we'll be back. I, I mentioned Nick Saban. We'll get to that when we come back out of ESPN 6 night. For me, if you're say, okay, bigger concern, Chris Godwin's health or the offensive line? I'm going to say Chris Godwin's health. Bigger concern, replacing Gronk, you know, figuring out how you're doing that, or the offensive line? I'm going to say it's replacing Gronk. So I actually believe that there are big issues bigger than their offensive line right now. I don't know who that was. Timmy Hasselbeck. Ah, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Because it was a bad take, I agree. I was going to say, either Tampa Bay has got ridiculous depth on the offensive line, or Tim Hasselbeck is uh, coughing up rainbows over there. Yeah, I knew when he said the Gronk thing, I was like, nah, because Cameron Brate's that dude. Just watch. You'll understand. I mean, they already replaced Gronk last season. It's not like he played the whole year. It's true. Cameron Brate. He's that guy. What do you guys think about Saban signing uh, an eight-year deal? I don't have a problem with it like you do. I don't really understand your problem with it. Well, first of all, no, I, I know your problem. I, I have no problem uh, with him signing an eight-year deal. First of all, I mean, it doesn't matter if he worked two more well, years not, and he not got the out of it. Like, time. So the eight years is whatever. I also don't necessarily have a problem with him making the money he makes. A little over 10 a year is yeah, a lot of that balloon to 12 okay. eventually. Yeah. I do wonder after a while, it's like, I mean, do you really need these raises? Like, aren't you making enough? <laughs> but I'm sure, listen, I'm sure Nick and, and his wife and, and family, they donate a lot of stuff back and all this stuff. But listen, it's, it's a philosophical point of view on how these coaches don't love. And, and Saban's been, he hasn't been, like, outspoken like Dabble Swinney and others. But I'm sure there's some closed door, you know, does he still have a place or does he come down to Crescent Beach or with some of these other guys or wherever they're staying in the mountains, Lake Lanier or whatever it is, and they're like, you believe this, you know, NIL well, stuff, it's changing the game and blah, 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 blah. And my whole premise has been, and in case you know this, because I've talked about it before, I think the problem with college sports is co- are the coaches. You think the, the money they were making brought this on? I think, first of all, they can control more than they let on they control because they're like the most powerful people. I'm talking these big-time coaches. They can set the parameters. They can change the parameters. They can change the game for the better if they want to and be stewards for that. But I do think the reason why players eventually said, hey, we need to be paid is because of the amount of money the coaches are making. It's not because the commissioner or, I mean, the conferences were throwing money back to the school. It's really they saw Saban and all these other coaches making $7 million, $8 million, $10 million, $12 million, and it's like, well, wait a minute now. Those guys are great, but we're doing a lot of this too. Why is everybody getting a piece of the pie except for us? And so I think they were a big reason why the Northwestern situation happened or now NIL happens. And yet the coaches to me are the most vocal because they're the ones asked about it, about complaining about the parameters and what it is. And Lane Kiffin will complain about this and that. And, hey, listen, should and you can't do it because I think le- legally you can't cap off the amount of money you're going to make then. If they never made more than $5 million a year, I don't think these guys, NIL would even exist right now. Here's, here's where I think we divert a little bit. In a sport like baseball, you're not getting a lot of uh, endorsements anyway before you get to the majors. But in a, in a sport like basketball, you could be one and done. You could be in the league at, what, 20 years old, making millions upon millions, whether it be endorsements or through contract. But in football, I mean, it is extremely rare 
for like a third year, maybe second year with a red shirt to get drafted, be a high draft pick and get all those endorsements. So these guys are essentially staying on for three and four years in college and missing out on all of that money in the very beginning of their primes and then finally hitting the league and first having to earn it. Looking at these colleges making billions, billions of dollars, and they're getting paid from the students. So if I'm a player here and I'm looking at these college making billions in TV contract on me, and, and, and they're even, you know, before NIL, they were still doing the autograph signings and the appearances. That's free. It's free labor, and I get they're getting the scholarship, but the scholarship isn't for the PR stuff for the college. It's just to, it's to play. Get him, Listen, listen I'm not, I have no problem with the NIL. I have no problem. I'm with just it. saying I don't think it was in reaction to the coaches. I think it's a multi-billion, if not more, I don't want to say trillion, but it is a huge industry, yeah. especially college football. And these guys were making nothing. I just yeah, uh, I, It's un-American. By the way, you're not wrong in that it's the, whole, the totality of the money. But I think if I'm a kid, mm-hmm. the one that hits home is, or the people that started to really look at this is the, the way the coaches were making money. Oh, the closest because, to the players. Because yeah. they're the closest, right? They're like, okay, you're getting a big piece of the pie, and you're earning a lot of it. Nick Saban, or Zerman, listen, how much has he brought to Alabama? Yeah, he's right, worth all he of that to the 12 state? million. Yeah. I, I don't disagree with that. But then... And I'm not saying he's even the biggest cheerleader against it, but I'm saying coaches in general, if you're criticizing NIL and paying players and all this stuff and the idea and concept of that, Nick Saban making $12 million is the reason why we have it. Hmm. Because they said, where's my piece? I'm going to go all the way back to Tebow and, and name the biggest guy now, whether it's Bryce Young or whatever. It's, listen, Nick Saban's a big reason why Alabama's good. No doubt. He's the lead reason. You know what? Matt Jones, Bryce Young, Derrick Henry, those guys are pretty damn big reasons, too. Oh, yeah. And they ain't getting anything up until recently. Legally. Legally. Again, it's okay that everybody, if everybody's making money, let's just not complain about it. That's my point in, in the story. Yeah. And, and I just, I always, the coaches have set the table for all this stuff. All the things they don't like come right back to the coaches to me, in my opinion. From the rules to the NIL to payer, players being paid to everything else, it all happens because the reason the game has changed is because of one thing, money. Money. And they're getting the most of it. Yep. We'll be back on ESPN 690.